0: You are now tuned in to the High History Podcast with your host, the Great Stone Dragon. Welcome back to the High History Podcast. I am your host, the great Stoned Dragon. And this is the season finale of the High History Podcast. And I just want to take this time out to thank everybody that listened to the podcast and supported the podcast along this journey. I really appreciate all the love that you have given the podcast, and I appreciate the fact that you guys are learning and taking the opportunity to learn. That's what is most important to us. We want to make sure that you learn and that you know, so that way you can understand your history and know how to proceed moving forward. So anyway, let's get right into it. In this episode, we're gonna talk about a particular empire. And when we think of empires, we like to think of empires such as Alexander the Great, um, Macedonian Empire. We like to think of the Mughal Empire, the Persian Empire, even the Roman Empire. But to honestly understand how all of these empires came to know that they had to be tough. There was a particular empire that basically set all of this off. And they wanted to make sure that they had the greatest empire in the world. And this particular empire is the Mongol Empire. Where is the Mongol Empire from Mongolia? duh, nigga. And so the Mongols were nomadic people of Mongolia. These nomadic people would begin um, their empire in 1206 and their empire would officially end in 1368. Now, to understand the Mongols, they were one large group of tribes in Mongolia. But there were also other people within the country. And these people tended to be Turkic. And these are the ancestors of the Turkish people, uh, the people of the Stans. They were Turkic tribes and they spoke a Turkic language. These tribes would all, you know, rival against each other and different things like that. Um, But then there was a man named Temujin and Temujin married a woman named Bort. And then all of a sudden, right after the marriage, Bort gets kidnapped by another tribe. And that tribe was called the Merkits. And they were a rival tribe. And so Temujin says, fuck no. I'm going to get my wife. These niggas is crazy. So he goes to the other tribes that he was rivaling with. And he was like, yo, they got my wife. We all Mongolian. Do not let me down. Think about if they took your wife. So he gathers all the tribe and he goes to the markets. And when he gets to the markets, he all of them. And he takes his wife and he rides off into the sunset on a horse. And so Temujin starts to rise in the ranks. But people liked his politics because he put the soldiers interest over the aristocrats interest. And because he did he did this. He was appointed to the ruler of the tribes and he earned the name Chinggis Khan or Genghis Khan, which means the universal leader in Mongolia. Now to understand Genghis Khan you have to understand that this man had a mindset of taking over the world. He said we are a nomadic people. We ride and we hunt and we fight tribes and we move along. We can take over the world. We could be everywhere. Mongolia out nigga. The first place he attacks it's called Xi And Xi is a border state along China. And you want to know the reason why he attacked Xi He attacked Xi because he said, Yo, food is scarce. We hunt. It ain't really too much to eat. We tired of killing horses. There's a rice field there. And it's hella lush. And then they got another one and another one and another one and another. We can go attack there. And we can have their rights. And take over their city. And that could begin our conquer of the world. And so the Mongols was like, hell yeah, let's do it. So they went and attacked Shisha. And then after this, they colonized there. And they say, okay, we're going to go conquer Turkestan. Because Turkestan is right there. And so he goes and he conquers the eastern half of Turkestan. Now... Chinggis Khan, as he was meeting different people along his conquest, he would come to see that there were many different religions and many different beliefs. Now, most people would try to put their religion in their empire and spread it across the world. But Chinggis Khan said, why would I do that? It's too hard. I'm not going to make everybody turn shamanism. Because that's what they believe. They believe in shamanism. I'm not going to do that. That's too much work. I'd rather just conquer them, you know, do some whoop-de-whoop, and then move on to the next country. He does this, and there was an empire in the west of Turkestan, and these were called the Kwaazimans. And they captured and killed the Muslim subjects of Genghis Khan. Because at that time, Genghis Khan was interacting with people who were Islam, the Mongols said, "Why would you do that? You know we're going to fuck you up." And that's exactly what they did. They went to the tribe and they destroyed everybody. And on top of that, they said, "You know what? We're going to destroy your irrigation system too." And they destroyed that, and it flooded their fields so that way nothing can grow. That's gangster. And so the Mongols weren't really too big in size. They were a nomadic tribe, so they would pick up, you know, people along the way. And then some people were leaving different things like that. But they were effective because they were on horses. Oftentimes, the Mongols would ride horses with their feet and they would primarily use bows and arrows to fight. So imagine... You know, you're preparing for war. You're in the battle lines. And all of a sudden you hit a clip clap for And out of nowhere, it's just arrows flying. Flying. That's like a nigga in a car with an AK, but in 1219. And so it disorganized the enemy ranks. And when they would do that, the Mongols were able to get off their horse After like half of the army is dead and fight man to man. And that's how they would conquer other countries. But they wouldn't do that alone. What they would also do is before they attacked you, they said, we're going to give you an option. You could either surrender now. You'll be at peace with us. You know, we'll run the government, but we'll make sure you're taken care of. Worship your own religion. Do what you want to do. We just want to control your country. And if you accept it, you got peace. But if you didn't accept, well, you better pack your bags because the next day they coming, and they whooping us. They are whooping us. That's how the Mongols did it. Real gangster shit. They were one of the most powerful empires in the entire world, and it is because they had the mindset that they were going to take over the world. And so Chinggis Khan took his kingdom and divided it into four different parts. So to the east, so that was China and, and Korea and all of these other places. He gave it to his son Tolui. To the west, he gave it to his son Ujidai. And then so the Karakitai, the northern Iran and southern Xinjiang area, He gave to his son, Chagatai, and then finally to Siberia and West Turkestan. He gave it to his son, Juchi, and he also gave it to his grandson, who was named Batu. Later in all of this, while Genghis had it, he also received one more. He gave it to his son, Huligur, who conquered Iran, Iraq, and Syria. And this became the Ilkhanid dynasty. You hear the kind of Islamic, you know, Mongol kind of language Creole there. That explains everything about the Mongols. The Mongols weren't really Mongol in majority. The Mongols operated as one empire under the name Mongol because that was their origin. But anybody could be Mongol. That's deep. Acceptance, diversity. They had it figured out. I mean, it was, it was you know, killing niggas, but at least they understood that. In 1227, Chinggis Khan dies. And they had what is known as a Kurutai. And at the kurultai, Ujidai becomes the Khan. He becomes the ruler of all of the Mongol Empire. Based in Mongolia, but worldwide. Mongol worldwide, nigga. This is the point where the expansion becomes greater. Now we start to see expansion into Europe, into Russia, and deeper into China. So at the time, they were like at the, at the border of China, you know, like further, like in the north part in Beijing. But they hadn't gotten to southern China yet following all of this expansion you could imagine there were some differences amongst the army because all of them were nomadic in nature so they moved with their own people and there were many different ideas and there were many different um perspectives on the way things should be ran and this was due to religion and this was due uh to native tribalism and this was due to a myriad of different things. And so they would often fight with each other but they were still one empire. You couldn't break them up. They were still one empire. While this was going on, Ujidai dies and more family drama starts to happen and it starts to affect the leadership. You remember the grandson Batu? He was supposed to return to the Kulatai to select a successor to the throne. But because they stopped the European invasion, he didn't want to go. He was mad. He was like, fuck that. I'm not going. Fuck all y'all. And so this stopped the whole the whole leadership for four years. They had to find like interim leaders and different things like that. And so after all the family drama and whoop-de-woo, they finally get, you know, their their successor. And this was Guyuk. And in 1248, Guyuk was supposed to march west from the capital of Karakorum in Mongolia. That was their capital at the time, Karakorom. But before they went into battle, he died because they had like smallpox and shit smallpox was going on at the time and and you know the plague and all that different shit then more drama in the family occurs meanwhile the the rest of the empire is is chilling and whooping ass and conquering but family drama is keeping shit you know political at this point the next successor was Monka and um Monka didn't like Ujedi's family's bloodline. And so he had them kill All of them killed. Karma hits Monka and the disease hit him. And a civil war breaks out in the Middle East between the between two Khanates. So Munk's Khanate at the time and the continent in the Middle East. And so this stopped a lot of progress within the Empire. Stopped a lot of it. And there was supposed to be a conquest of Egypt. But the continents of the Middle East didn't want the continents of Munca to to attack to attack Egypt or none of that. So they teamed up with the Mamluks and the Mamluks, while they were on the way to Egypt on the water, intercepted them and they defeated them. And so, because of this, a huge civil war broke out, and it, what ended up happening, Monka's army ended up defeating the Arikboke Khan, and he surrenders to Kublai Khan, who was the successor of the whole general Khan. They had another kurutai, and he became the successor. Kublai Khan was a peaceful Khan. He accepted all religion, and He learned many different things and he had Marco Polo come to come to his palace yurt and and different things like that. And um, Kublai had one small issue. He started considering himself Chinese as opposed to Mongol. Because he had Chinese influence, of course, he still spoke Mongol. You know, he knew he was Mongolian, but he started to get really influenced by Chinese culture and Chinese education. This brought somewhat of problems within the empire because it's like, yo, you're not Chinese. You're one of us. We Mongol, Mongol to the world. And he was like, yeah, but Chinese education is cool. I like it. And so he starts to kind of weaken his, his identity, and because his identity was weakened, it affected the empire. Now, at the time in China, Beijing had no problems with the Mongols being there. But country China, who was getting taxed, who was getting beat, who was experiencing, you know, real hard working conditions. Country China didn't like the Mongols, and so they started, like, rebellions against them. They said, we're not doing that no more. And so there was a monk. He used to be a monk who was poor. His name was Zhu Chongba, and he was excellent in energy, patience, and military power. And he was able to influence other Chinese the upper class Chinese and the middle class Chinese to band with him and show them that the Mongols were committing atrocities and we must rise up against them. And he leads these rebellions until 1368 when he officially drives the Mongols out of China. And when the Mongols got driven out of China, they forced them back to the steppes of Mongolia which are like mountainous regions, and they had to settle there. And Zhu Chong created the Ming Dynasty. And they would erase everything Mongol. You weren't allowed to speak Mongol. If you were Mongol, you had to conform or die. You had to become Chinese. Because they did not want that cancer in their country. And they pushed them out and said, never again. We ain't going to have no more religions in China that are not ours. We ain't going to invite nobody here no more. We're going to push all these forward. We're not having it. And China rose to power. And this would ultimately end the Mongol Empire. Now, what we must understand about the Mongols is that in order to be successful, we have to rely on one another. We have to accept each other for who we are. We have to accept each other for our lifestyles, what we believe. We have to accept each other for who we are interested in and who we are, are not interested in. We all have to work together in order to accomplish our goals. It is not a one person led empire such as Alexander the Great. It is it is no loyalty to it is no loyalty to one state such as Rome. It is about working together to bring the change that we want in the world. The Mongols may have wanted to conquer the world. And they may have wanted to be selfish and just run around and create a muck and conquer everywhere and, and just be rich. But we must take the Mongols' tenacity and the Mongols' mindset of putting a footprint in the world and combine it with positivity and love and injustice. And we must make it our duty to execute a positive impact on the world in one accord. And this is the season finale of the High History Podcast. We'll be right back. History Podcast with your host, The Great Stone, The Dragon. And now, it is Weed Talk with The Great Stone Dragon, where we just sit around and talk about something weed-related. Nothing too serious, just something weed-related. So, on today's episode, I'm going to talk about how, when I'm high, I like to create songs. And it's interesting, like, I'm the nigga that really... Really, I'm the nigga that will freestyle at an event. But I don't want to embarrass myself, you know? And I don't want to be that corny nigga at the party that's freestyling, you know what I'm saying? But when I'm high, I like freestyling and, like, making songs. I'm a singer. I love to sing. And I love to smoke weed. And my favorite time sometimes to sing is when I'm high. And, like, I just be sitting there, like, I know sometimes I'll be in my car, I'll be cruising down the street and stuff like that, and I'll be, like, talking about the things that happen in traffic, but I make it into a song. I'll be like, look at these niggas over there. This nigga got a it coming in my lane You better use your turn signal I'ma kill you if you don't And you really don't want to mess with me Come around and I will bump you in the back of your car And then hop out with a guitar case But it got an AK and you better duck Cause when I come around I'm gonna be blowing up your truck If you come around me i tell you about it right now I don't really mess with niggas who don't like no how To be fucking respectful In the motherfucking place See things like that That's what I like to do When I'm high I like to sing It's so fun It it really is And because like you have like your brain Is like creative And when your brain Is creative you know You start coming up with words as you like View things like you know you see a you see a bird on the electric cord don't electrocute your feet you a little bird sitting on the electric cord i don't want you to die please fly away from the electric cord because you deserve a chance at life little birdie you fly fly away all high in the sky you looking real fly little bird Fly away off the electric cord. You see how easy that was? I was just looking at a bird on electric cord. I said, fly away, little bird. That's it. That's it. All because I'm high. I just, I just made a song. And it's so fun. And I encourage you to to experiment with your musical abilities and see if you can create songs when you are high. We'll be right back. Ooh. Never seen the moon glow like this. Never seen the waterfalls like this. Never seen the lights off like this. Never dug anyone. Thank you for coming out to the season finale of the High History Podcast. And now, as always, Street Poems with the Great Stone Dragon, a series of poems inspired by the streets read in poetry style. And now, if I was 12. If I was 12, I'd let niggas know. Get rid of them drugs. They're coming to kick down the dough. Smoking weed on the street. Hey, man, put that away. Then take some loud from evidence later that day. Where'd it go? I don't know. But you better not snitch. This is a brother and sisterhood, so you better not switch. I make strategic plans on busting the Klan and neo-Nazis, then escort celebrities away from local paparazzis. I tell the kids, go to school. Don't mess with that weed. Wait till you go to college. Get everything your brain needs. I'd grill for the neighbors. Put a smile on my face. Ensure my community becomes a safe space. No documentation, no problem. Yo hablo español. Drive you down to get your citizenship process on a roll. Let the kids ride the police horse. His name is Sergeant Bob. Encourage them to get good grades. Tell them not to rob. On stakeouts for murderers, I'd hide in the bush. They come out, I jump out. Give them a hard push. Bring them down to the ground. Make sure they can't walk. Cuff them, throw them in the car, then proceed to talk. Ask them their motives. Figure out who they are. Why did they choose to take it that far? Minority and speeding, with a warning, I'll let you go. But if you're white, I give you one just for going too slow. I wouldn't make a great officer. They would call me unfair. This comes from racists and brutes and their previous heirs. But if I was 12, I'd look out for my own, even if that means standing alone. And that was if I was twelve. This is the High History Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. And we will see you season two. I am your host, the great stone dragon. And until next time. <laughs>